0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo, and it's Tuesday, November 14th. And on Tuesdays, we chat to WWE NXT, and that's what we're here to do here today. But before we get started, I want to go ahead and wish a very, very happy birthday to none other than Sheldon Jackson, uh, whose birthday it is here today. And on top of that, Sheldon has literally been gifting so many memberships to the channel. So I want to take a second and really, really thank him for that. But on top of that, uh, I hopped on to today's stream. And the first thing that I saw was something that I was not expecting. And that is that Sheldon Jackson has gifted 50, five zero DWO memberships and I am absolutely stunned Sheldon it's your birthday not my birthday but seriously thank you so freaking much for that and uh, I seriously wish you nothing but love and the best birthday ever and I'm you you already know uh, how much that means that you sent in as many memberships that you sent in. So seriously, thank you so much, Sheldon. So I wanted to make sure to kick off the show by seriously thanking you for this uh, amazing generosity, not just to me, but also to the viewers here uh, who get free memberships. I got to do a members only stream this weekend that lasted about three hours. So for three hours, I was chatting with people, meeting people for the first time catching up with people. And a lot of them said they would not have been on there had Sheldon Jackson not gifted them a free membership. So that is really, really incredible. I got to connect with a whole lot of people. So thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson and happy birthday, man. Seriously. Um. Alrighty, everyone, we got to get to NXT. Now, today's episode, I will say like we got some interesting stuff. I think that they went uh, a certain direction that I wasn't expecting when it came to the women's qualifying match for the NXT Iron Survivor Challenge and that was very surprising for the rest of the show though uh, a lot of it kind of felt just a tad bit like filler today. I think that we've had a lot more stronger episodes of NXT like today wasn't a bad show by any means but we've definitely been having stronger shows the last couple of months but this one here is obviously setting us up for Not only next week, which we got some two pretty cool matches that were announced, but also as we make our way to NXT deadline, which is taking place on December 9th. So we got some some pretty good stuff to get into here today, but again not the strongest episode of NXT, but let's get to some of our super chats that are kicking us off here today. And the first one we got here is my good friend, Steven, who says Tuesday night party time. Let's do this. Um, Talk about Tuesday night party time with the days getting a lot darker earlier. It I'm, I stopped being used to it man when it's five o'clock and the show's like barely starting it's already so dark outside and I'm on the west coast so I'm not used to watching wrestling in the dark usually I would be watching wrestling at five o'clock and the sun would be like beaming through my window into my office and now it's dark so yeah it's definitely Tuesday night party time. Poppy 18 didn't write anything but thank you so much for sending in the super chat really goes a very long way. So thank you so much to Poppy 18. Matt Logan says, Do we think Mr. Chase and JC Jane are dating? What? What Matt Logan? What? What is happening here? Okay, let's start there. Matt Logan. Holy shit, dude. What? Oh my god. Now I feel like, let me just say, I'm blown away and this is my reaction because I feel kind of incredibly stupid right now because I didn't even think of that as like a possibility. And the second you mentioned it though, I can kind of see that being like the thing that is happening there with Andre Chase and JC Jane. And now I feel dumb because I didn't think of that. Like my brain did not go there. And so now you kind of brought up a kind of interesting point here. So last week, we all saw that JC Jane got a letter from... from I forgot who it so it looked like it was from Tony D's people, but we're not really too sure whatever. So she gets a letter that was technically supposed to be for Andre Chase and she opens it and she gets like a photo and she's like shocked, right. And I didn't really think like, oh, there could be like a big secret that involves also JC Jane, like to me, this felt like a secret that only included Andre Chase. And today, so we got this tag team match, uh, this rematch, and it was Tony D. And Channing Stacks Lorenzo challenging Chase U for the tag team titles in a rematch here. Now, Chase U had literally just won the tag team titles. Well, my friends, they lost it here today. This was a very short lived title run and <laughs> they're champs once again. So I think it kind of works because Tony D and Stacks, I feel like, I don't know. I like them as champions, even though we only get a little bit from them every now and then I hope that they kind of give us a lot more with Tony D and Stacks, but I do like them as a team. So for that reason, I'm totally cool with them going back and getting the titles and I'm okay with this hot potato of the titles for this specific championship to be honest. So I, it's not like some of the other championships where I hate when they hot potato stuff for this particular tag team picture. I'm okay with it right but After the match, though, like later later on in the show, Andre Chase is like hounded by media. And they're all asking him questions. And JC Jane comes in and drives him off and drives him away. So I don't know if that's a direction that they're going with them possibly being uh, possibly dating. I'm curious, what is the chat thing? Because I feel like I, my brain honestly did not go there. Like I was not expecting that to be a possibility. But now that you mentioned it, I don't see why not. And we were just talking about this. I might have been talking about this at some point. I don't even remember when I was talking about this. But NXT, there was a while if you guys remember that NXT was going really all in into like the couples thing. And we were getting some like naughty, suggestive language and stuff happening on the show. It was more sore more towards the earlier portion of NXT 2.0, but we're still getting it, and they've toned it down a whole lot. Like there really isn't that much of that type of stuff on the show anymore. But who knows, man? They could be bringing it back. Can you imagine Andre Chase and JC Jane? I don't know if that's the direction they're going, but you know what though? Now that you uh, brought that up, now it's gonna be in my mind here. Uh, okay, we got some some suggestions. This one's from Pierre, who says that maybe Chase U is a fraud. That's. I think that's more along the lines of what I was thinking that Andre was hiding some sort of big secret that was going to like affect everybody, but it was going to be one of those secrets where like he didn't do anything bad, but it's going to lead to something bad. You get me like an innocent person, a person that's trying to do good, but finds himself doing bad, instead of this being like a big dark thing where Andre Chase is going to turn heel or something. I'm not expecting that. I'm more so expecting this to be like a big giant miscommunication. But who knows, man, now that out now that these dating suggestions are out here, I'm starting to wonder Tracy WV says that was their first thought uh, in regards to uh, JC and Andre, dude, how did I not think about this? All right, let's see what else people are saying uh, about their predictions here. All right. So let me see. I got a lot of different people sending in different stuff about um, what they think it's going to be. Antoine says, what was in the picture? That's the question. We still don't know. Like that has not yet been answered, but I really hope that it's a good one though, for sure. And this is from Dominic Carranza who says, "Um, I tread lightly if that's where they are going. Who knows if that's where they're going? I guess we'll find out. All right, we'll find out what they're doing with that one there. But Matt Logan, thank you so much for getting our wheels spinning here. Tim Weiner Jr. sends in a super chat saying, gonna be a deadline. Looks like it will be an awesome show. I cannot wait for Off versus Corbin. Dude, I mean, first of all, like the concept of the Iron Survivor Challenge within itself is very fun. And clearly we get the men's and the women's. So even just with those two big matches, it's looking like a good show. And for the most part, like we can kind of uh, fill out the 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 rest of the cards because that's the thing about nxt guys and this is what they're good at they're good at kind of the the storytelling on nxt really lends itself for you to kind of figure out hey this is the matches that we're most likely going to be seeing at deadline right like for the most of for most of it like we know what direction they're going clearly towards the end of the show they announced uh elia dragunov challenge baron corbin but like even beforehand like we kind of knew that was a the direction they were going in we might be seeing wesley and um dominic mysterio that could be another one we're most likely probably going to see roxanne perez and kiana james so you can kind of guess a little bit of some of the other matches you might be seeing on the actual show instead of the iron survivor challenges but that's because they really do kind of and possibly we well we're not going to be seeing Chuck williams carmelo hayes because trick williams is already in the iron survivor challenge but that's got to be coming up soon at some point i don't know what pay-per-view but uh not deadline at least not right now but anyways for the most part they do do a good job of giving you a good idea of what you're going to get for the next big show so thank you so much to tim weinerger jr for that we got one here from alex raushio thank you so much to alex who says greetings from canada um thank you so much alex for tuning in all the way from canada I'm making it seem like Canada's far further than it is like Canada's not even as far. It's literally like a, I think it was a three hour flight from LA to Vancouver, if I remember correctly, or maybe five hours. Nope, I don't remember that much, but I did go to Vancouver and it wasn't that bad. And then also Toronto. Well, Toronto was definitely a lot further for me because I'm on the West Coast. But anyways, I'm making it seem like Canada is so far. And that's the point that I'm trying to make that it's not that far. <laughs> Alex, I'm I, sorry for going on a tangent on that one. John Deller says Ilya gets revenge for... Damn it. He says Ilya gets revenge for Kurt Angle every damn time john you knew what you were doing here every damn time that i'm reminded of that it's the one thing that truly makes me mad in pro wrestling but you know what i'm gonna breathe in breathe out let the anger go but every time i'm reminded i get re-angry again john Deller, thank you so much for the super chat man all right so let's get to the rest of the show here so we already covered the situation with the brand new tag team champions then decent call nothing too much to go off of that. But I want to get into I actually want to kick things off with the iron survivor challenge because that is kind of what I would say was a little bit of the most surprising part of the show. So last week, we got Mick Foley's picks and we got his qualified matches. And for the women, we know that Tiffany Stratton qualified. And we know that Dijak qualified for the men. All right, off to a pretty good start. Two people that I would expect to be in their respective Iron Survivor Challenge matches. Cool. Thumbs up. When Lita made her picks, I saw a couple days ago when she made the picks on social media, and I thought Roxanne Perez versus Lash Legend? Oh, man, that's super freaking obvious. It's gonna be Roxanne Perez. We hardly ever even see Lash Legend wrestle on the show. She's technically still like I would consider her a noob, because we don't get to see her that often wrestle. She's we don't get to see her that often wrestle like I tend to forget about Lash Legend when I talk about some of the other women because we're seeing some of the other women a whole lot more, especially in ring. So I thought oh, that's kind of a lame match, man. I feel like they could have definitely came up with something better. And that was my assumption when I saw the match announcement. And then when we saw the announcement of Trick Williams versus Joe Coffey, I thought, well, I also wasn't expecting Joe Coffee to have a qualifying match. But hey, you know what, I'm expecting Trick Williams to win, which he did. So that's fine. But I thought, Okay, fine. At least I know we're gonna get a pretty decent match, right? So the women's match, though, was a little bit surprising for sure. But now, like I said, I thought going into it like this was a shoe and Roxanne Perez was clearly going to win. Well, jokes on me and jokes on everybody else who thought Roxanne Perez was winning, because she ended up getting screwed guys. So we were having this match with Roxanne and Lash Legend. It was a fine little match. It was okay. Nothing to, you know, write home about, whatever. But the point is, though, that Jakara Jackson ends up distracting the referee. While she's distracting the referee, we have Keanu James get involved. And due to the involvement of Keanu James, Lash Legend is able to hit a powerbomb on Roxanne Perez And get the one, two, three. And Roxanne Perez does not qualify for the Iron Survivor Challenge. And I'm thinking, what the hell? I'm sorry I wasn't too in love with this, because to me, the Iron Survivor Challenge should legitimately be filled with contenders that you actually think have a real shot at winning. And because Lash Legend hasn't had very many matches, I can't go into this going, oh yeah, Lash Legend legitimately has an, uh, a good shot at winning. I don't feel that way. And so already, we only got two names so far, Right but already I'm counting out one competitor. And I don't like when we get stuff like that because you don't want to count out any of the competitors before the match has even begun you want to look at the match and go damn you know what this could be Tiffany's this could be this person's you want to think of all of the possibilities of who can win right where instead I'm looking at this and I'm going well I wonder who else they're going to add to the match so that they can convince me that Tiffany Stratton, as of right now is not the clear winner in this Iron Survivor challenge and so that's why for me I was a little bit kind of disappointed with this. But then I thought, okay, well, I like that they're continuing this with whole <clears throat> this whole thing with Roxanne Perez and Keanu James. I'm a big fan of Kiana James, big fan of Roxanne Perez. I like what they're cooking up together. So Okay, fine. Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, we're circling back to that. That's not over, even though we kind of thought that it was, but it's not over just yet, clearly, because Roxanne's going to have to get some revenge for this because she she best be really angry and pissed off that these two women costed her the match, in particular, more so Kiana James, because they already have that history. So I do like that. Now, the other thing that this got me thinking is, Roxanne Perez, the first thing that you think of is, I mean, besides her being a prodigy and all of that, right? When she became champion, I think a lot of people were really expecting this lengthy reign. We were expecting her to like really make her mark when it comes to women that have held the NXT Women's Championship. And unfortunately, we didn't really get that. There was a lot more left to be desired with her reign, right? It was, you know, it ended pretty much abruptly. And I Wasn't a fan of that. I really wasn't a fan of that. And I thought they had done it for a reason that maybe we might see Roxanne get called up or I don't know something was going to happen. I was expecting something to happen. And I feel that since then, I almost feel like they've been keeping Roxanne away from the NXT Women's Championship picture. I I feel like there's this this tape around the NXT Women's Championship picture. And it's like Roxanne Perez, you can't cross on over to the other side, like she's got this caution tape or something there. And I'm trying to think, well, why? Why do we have this imaginary caution tape around the women's title picture for Roxanne Perez? And I saw a couple of people here in the chat and a couple of people on Twitter, kind of mentioning, okay, well, maybe this is something that you know, Roxanne is one of those people that I think a lot of people were expecting for her to get called up at some point. And I'm wondering, like, are they trying to prevent a scenario where Roxanne is the champion, and then she gets called up and then they have to figure out what to do with the belt? Because we've seen that happen on NXT. We saw that happen with Indy Hartwell. And I don't know if maybe there is some indication that Roxanne Perez is moving up to the roster at a certain point. And so for that reason, they're maybe not putting her back in the NXT women's title picture. That's the only thing that I'm kind of thinking about right now, because if not, it really feels like she is being pulled further and further away from that picture right now. So, I mean, of course, right now with what they're doing with with, uh, Lara Valkyra, amazing. Love her want to see her. I want to see her have this phenomenal freaking reign. But the questions are still there as to why this didn't happen for Roxanne Perez, right? Let's see what we got here. We got a super chat and I'm going to pull this one up. And this is from Christopher Marina, who says, why does NXT hate Roxanne? Her booking is absolute garbage. (laughs) Like, look, I don't think her booking is garbage. Okay. I really, really do not think that, but it really was this she came in red hot. She came in very, very popular. She came in, she won championships fast. She won that breakout tournament fast. She was last year's Iron Survivor Challenge winner. I mean, she came in, it was like she started this video game and do you guys play that freaking game, Subway Surfers? You guys know which game I'm talking about, right? It's so freaking addicting with the little kid who's surfing in the subway. And you see, this is how Roxanne started. Started off great. On the little skateboard, going through, collecting all of the coins, getting all of these boosts, doing the rockets, doing the jumps, doing everything. And then all of a sudden, damn, didn't jump high enough and bam, takes you out of the game. You are done, you're dead, right? Maybe that's a little bit too extreme. I'm being a little too extreme. I was addicted to that game for a very long time. But anyways, What I'm trying to say here is Roxanne Perez really got started off very, very hot on NXT and it felt like they were doing absolutely everything to push her to the moon. And then it just stopped. It just, there was a, there was a pause there was, they hit the brakes on Roxanne and then they kind of started getting things rolling again. We started to see like what they've been promoting more of this edgier version of Roxanne. And I thought, okay, cool. You know, she had a really fun match uh, not too long ago, freaking the weapons wild match that was great right and I'm thinking okay cool this is what we're doing with Roxanne I'm on board but then afterwards nothing really came of that she's been in this feud with Kiana it's been fun I like the feud with Kiana but it's totally different as to where she started and how things were going for um how things were going for her earlier so again I don't think it's garbage but it definitely does not match how she started and where you thought she might have been right now. I think had she had this very successful NXT Women's Championship run and then eventually lost the title at some point, I think people would still be okay because it's like, all right, we saw Roxanne Perez do her thing. We saw her get her championship. She had a, not, a nice lengthy run. Cool. Moving on. We didn't get that though. We kind of got robbed. We got gypped of that and i don't know why i don't really have any answers for you guys so that's where we are at and we got a super chat here from alex who says roxy is still young big future oh yeah of course one thousand percent and we're not saying like oh her future is not great right but the booking is different for roxanne in terms of how she started on nxt and where she's at right now and i think the reason for that the reason why people are saying this is because again we did not get the rain that we thought we were going to get for Roxanne. And that was unfortunate because we all wanted to see Roxanne get that rain. All of us, right? Because everybody out here likes Roxanne. Like she's a very likable person. I don't think anybody out here uh, does not like um Roxanne Perez, you know, Ebony Prince. Oh my gosh. Good to see you. Ebony Prince says happy holidays. I hope you're doing well, Denise. It's so nice to see you back on here on the streams. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, for those of you guys wondering, I remember people's names a whole lot. So if you're active in the chat, if you're active on social media, I remember you all the time. Stephen Marchuli sends in a super chat saying Roxanne Perez reminds me of babyface Becky before she became the man. So Roxanne Perez needs to have her man making moment. <laughs> oh, that sounds really bad, but you guys get what I mean. She needs to have her man making moment. <laughs> I'm Stephen truly Thank you so much for the super chat. We also got Tiger Claw gaming in the house. Says Yo Denise. Thank you so much to Tiger Claw for sending in the super chat. Much appreciated, man. Uh, appreciate you having here on the chat and whatnot. Um. All right, let's see what we got here. This is from Pierre, who also says that Roxanne Roxanne is still young and I think they're protecting her for the main roster. Greetings from Germany. Uh, Pierre, thank you so much for sending this. And I hope that you're right. By the way, I really hope that they are not putting the title on her because they're probably expecting her to get called up. You know, Hey, we got the Royal rumble coming up. We got the, the creeds brother, the creed brothers and Ivy Nile just went over to the main roster. Maybe they're going to start speeding things up. Who knows? Beb Jr. says Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, and Gigi have had weird booking. So we already covered the Roxanne portion of this. Cora Jade, I still kind of don't really know what's going on with Cora Jade. I don't know when we're going to expect to see her back. But she's another person that was so heavily featured on NXT and really felt like one of the main acts for NXT. And now it's been several months since we've seen her and yeah, I mean, her and her and Roxanne had a phenomenal feud. Her and Natalia did some really great stuff there too. So that's another one. And same thing for Gigi. Gigi Dolan. Her and as part of Toxic Attraction, they were really the thing that you saw each and every single week on NXT. They were on all the commercials. And I think that her feud with JC Jane didn't necessarily hit the mark. And after that, we really just haven't done much with her. So I do want to talk about Gigi Dolan right now. So I might as well bring that up because this ties into what I wanted to say. So she had this match with Ariana Grace. And this match essentially came up because Ariana Grace had her backstage and called her uneducated. So of course, Gigi Dolan did not like that. This came, this turned out to be a match between them. Not a bad match. I liked it. I enjoyed Gigi and Ariana Grace and we haven't gotten to see too much of Ariana Grace so I feel like out of all of the matches this was the one that I most got to kind of get a good look at Ariana Grace and even though we see Gigi Dolan get the win the thing that got me here were two things on the Ariana side of it I kind of like that she did one thing that really sold me and that was that afterwards when she lost this match she's doing like this crying face but while she's crying she puts her crown on and she puts her little uh sash on. And she's out there crying. I was really hoping that the cameras would zoom in on her because I thought that that was such a key moment for her character. But they didn't zoom in on that. And I was hoping that they did. But the big thing that I was thinking about after this was Gigi Dolan. And I was thinking about how, again, everything I had just said about where things were at for Gigi. And now it's kind of like, well, she's just there. She doesn't have a real story. And I want them to hopefully come up with something good for her to have on the show. But then again, guys, I guess in pro wrestling, it's always this thing where certain people have the limelight for a certain period of time, and then it goes on to somebody else, and then it goes on to somebody else. So right now, it's just not, the focus is just not on Gigi Dolan, which is, you know, I guess fine, she'll get her moment at some point. But yeah, it was a thing where we went from her having this feud with JC Jane, and being featured so much with toxic attraction to kind of just be part of the roster and maybe not one of the first names that you think of. And we got a super chat here from John Deller who says toxic attraction on main roster at least once. I would love it if at some point we saw J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan reunite on the main roster. And I don't see why not. Honestly, I really don't. Because yeah, this whole thing with J.C. Jane and Thea Hale, it's been been fun, right? People have had a good time. But I don't think it compares to what she was doing with Toxic Attraction. And you don't have... Mandy Rose in the picture anymore, which is unfortunate. But I still think that if at some point we get them reuniting on the main roster, and everybody here knows that we need more women's tag teams, I would love to see JC Jane and Gigi Dolan once again, be the mean girls on the main roster and be an actual tag team on the main roster. So yeah, I would be on board with that. And we have a super chat here from Gabe tough who says "Um, on x Vince Russo invited you to a show, would you Oh, I haven't seen it, Gabe, but thank you so much for letting me know. Uh, I appreciate you for also sending in the super chat. All right, so let's kick it going. Let's keep it going. Um, Let's kick it going. (laughs) I was going to say let's kick it off, and then I'm like, wait, we're not kicking off this show anymore, so let's kick it going. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Got to work on these transitions, everybody. It happens. All right, so that was the women's portion of the Iron Survivor Challenge to round this up. Tiffany Stratton and last legend are both part of the actual uh, tournament. And now we're going over to the men's the iron survivor challenge for the men. So trick Williams versus Joe coffee. This was a pretty this was a pretty good match, actually. And Joe coffee came in there. He was, you know, doing his part. I love that trick Williams. This was something that I kind of noticed in this match. And Maybe I noticed it before, but it stood out to me a little bit more this time. And that is that Trick Williams, when he's out there, man, he does a really good job of just making every move that he does look more powerful. And if you don't get what I mean by this, because I know this is kind of hard to explain, the next time you watch a Trick Williams match, pay attention to some of the little things that he does and kind of compare them to some of the ways that other people do them. And he just has a really nice impact. Even with the most simple moves, he makes them feel a lot larger and a lot grander. And that is actually something that I found that I really enjoy that trick Williams does when he's in the ring. But the whole thing here is we had a backstage segment with trick Williams and Mackenzie Mitchell and Carmelo Hayes and Seemed like all was good with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Everything was fine. And, but there was a moment though, because we didn't know how things ended last week where unfortunately, uh, you know, Trick accidentally hits Carmelo. It was like this whole thing and they're on good terms. And one of the things that was emphasized during this by Carmelo Hayes was that accidents happen. Now Trick Williams mentioned it first, like, oh, we know accidents happen, but Carmelo Hayes emphasized it and said, yeah, accidents happen. Like he hit it a little extra harder. And so I'm looking at that and I'm going, Hmm, okay. What is going to happen here? They say that he's going to be part of trick Williams. He's going to be out there supporting trick Williams. And I think a lot of people were probably thinking that Carmelo Hayes was going to maybe cost this match for trick Williams. And Commentary at the end of this match, because basically we saw all of Joe Coffey's friends get involved. We saw Mark Coffee get involved. We saw Wolfgang get involved. But when Wolfgang was on the ring apron, Carmelo Hayes pulled his leg, pulled his leg. And so commentary, Booker T and Vic Joseph were kind of arguing about this. Booker T saw it as Carmelo Hayes was not helping Trick Williams. And Vic Joseph saw it as. he is helping trick he is helping trick Williams I actually agreed more so with Vic Joseph on this one I kind of felt like it wasn't so if they were gonna try to make it look like an accident I think they could have tried a little bit harder because that didn't really look like an accident at all I didn't really feel like even though it took trick Williams eyes off the ball for just a split second it didn't really feel like carmelo hayes and that specific moment was against him or trying to screw him in the match it didn't feel that way if that's what they were intending to do then they could have probably done it a little bit better because this wasn't necessarily it so i kind of felt like they made booker teeth sound like he was reaching in this a little bit so i did agree with Vic joseph but trick williams wins his match with a jumping knee cool the big thing was Carmelo Hayes. We already know he has a problem with not being number one. Even though Trick Williams is buddy, he has a problem with not being the best one. This dynamic, this duo only works for Carmelo Hayes when he's number one and Trick Williams is off to the side being his cheerleader, okay? It doesn't work the other way around. When Trick Williams is getting some Ws in his, NXT career and Carmelo Hayes is supposed to be off on the side being his cheerleader doesn't work that way for Carmelo and Trick Williams as he was walking away he was celebrating he was like this is my time and they had the Tron in the back with the graphic and it showed Trick Williams's face being added to the Iron Survivor Challenge and (laughs) Carmelo Hayes was just staring at it the whole entire time, like very, very connected to that graphic. And he was looking at that like he didn't like that trick Williams was in it. And he was looking at that like he was ready to claim a spot, which honestly, there's no problem with him wanting to gain a spot in the match. There really, really isn't. But then again, Carmelo Hayes has had his chance at trying to get back the title from Elia Dragonoff and did not was not able to so we'll see what happens there. But it is very clear that Carmelo Hayes is jealous of trick Williams if it wasn't cleared already. Now the other thing too, is that there's a backstage segment between Lexus King and Baron Corbin. And during this, he basically gives him credit for attacking trick Williams. So Alexis King is still taking credit for this. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. At some point, we need to know that it was Carmelo Hayes. I'm guessing at some point, maybe NXT Anonymous, since they use NXT Anonymous a lot, maybe NXT Anonymous will reveal that it was Carmelo Hayes. We'll see. Something's gonna happen here, guys. Something's gotta happen here. Um, alrighty guys, and let's go ahead and continue on from here. Let's get to the rest of everything. Um, so let's see what we got here thank you to everybody who's sending in their comments, seeing what people have to say. A lot of people are saying that they like it. They like what's going down with all of this. And (laughs) um, here we go. This is from Sheldon Jackson who sings, who says, I think that Carmella will get added to the deadline match. I would hope so because so next week we're going to have JBL's picks and they're supposed to be picking people based on like who's impressive. How do you not pick a Carmelo Hayes to at least have a qualifying match? Like, there's no way you don't have Carmelo Hayes in a qualifying match. Same thing with Braun Breaker. Like, there are certain people, and we did have a backstage segment between Braun Breaker and Dijak where Braun Breaker even made a comment to his retribution days. So you got to have certain people in these Irish Survivor qualifier matches. If not, then it kind of makes the Hall of Famers who are picking these people kind of look a little silly. So you got to have them pick some good names. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. All right, and let's keep it going, everybody. Mark LeBlanc says Carmelo tweeted three spots left, so he definitely wants a shot. Oh, he's got it. But see, that doesn't make him a villain. Him wanting a shot does not make him a villain. Him trying to screw his friend, now that makes him a villain. We'll see. All right. Tiger Claw Gaming says he's lost three times. How many chances does Melo need? He's like 2010 Batista. <laughs> Marvin says that segment between Braun Breaker and Dijak was awesome. Yeah, it was. I really like that. And I'm expecting Braun Breaker uh, to be added to this iron survivor challenge match. Alright, everyone. So that is the situation with the iron survivor. Let's go ahead and uh, get into really quickly Wesley versus Baron Corbin because this was the main event. Wesley's back. This was a fun match up here. Uh, he looks good in there. He always does. There's not a problem with that. Wesley is pretty impressive in the ring and all of that. And basically what we got here though is at one point we see Wesley go over the top rope he's trying to take out Barry Corbin but instead he ends up taking out Dominic Mysterio so then he ends up going at it on the outside with the NXT North American champion Dominic and he gets back into the ring and unfortunately this little hiccup this little distraction with him and Dominic ends up getting him hits with the end of days and so he loses this match and Baron Corbin gets the win I liked this I especially like this because afterwards Baron Corbin was still attacking Wesley and so Elia Dragunov runs out there and goes after him and we all know that Baron Corbin attacked Elia Dragunov after his match at Halloween Havoc and so we hadn't seen that We hadn't seen any interaction between Ilya and Baron Corbin since then. So that needed to pay off within itself. And this all led to Ilya Dragunov challenging Baron Corbin to a match or rather accepting the fact that Baron Corbin has been wanting this match against Elia for the NXT championship. So he grants him that match at NXT deadline. And now we're just ma- waiting for them to make it official official, but this was a good way to end up the show. Uh, I Elia Dragunov. I've been waiting for him for the longest time to become NXT champion. So I feel like I want to see him on the show a little bit more. I know that we just saw him at Halloween Havoc, but then after that, I feel I feel like it's been too long. It's probably been like two weeks. <laughs> it hasn't even been that long, but it feels kind of long. But we need to get a little bit more of Elia on the show. Like, dude is our champion. Put him on the show, just a tad bit more, just a little bit more. He is our champion after all. But anyways, I'm looking forward to this match with Baron Corbin and Elia at NXT Deadline. So that was fine overall. And uh, let's see what we got here. Zeno Hour says, work rate Baron Corbin is his best version. Guys, I have no problem with Baron Corbin on NXT. I like Baron Corbin. And this version of him on NXT has been A-OK with me. All right. Here we go. Xia and Lyra Valkyra. So this was interesting. I was... I will say this about this segment. They succeeded at keeping me intrigued as to what was going to happen here. So Xia Lee, as we know, confronted Lyra Valkyra on last week's show. And so they're going to have a match against each other next week. Ahead of that, Xia Lee has invited Lyra to a warrior tea party. Now, I don't know what to expect from a warrior tea party. I don't even know what to expect from a tea party. I've never been to a tea party. But I will say this, though. No. Very rude of Lyra to accept an invite and then not drink the tea. I'm just being silly. All right, let's talk about what went down here. So Zia basically explains to Lyra that her ancestors would honor their challengers before combat by doing this warrior tea party. She then said that Lyra Valkyra was like the tea leaves, that they're going to crumble in the heat and then be consumed. Thus saying she is going to consume Lyra. Looking very, very confident. She tells Lyra to drink this tea. Lyra says no. And she says, if you don't drink this tea, then I will not be showing any sort of remorse in our match together. They bow at each other and that is it. Lyra leaves and that's the end of it. I kind of like this. I had a good time with it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to think. I thought they made Xia Lee look pretty interesting here. I liked this whole warrior thing. I dug it. I did not hate this. And I thought this was gonna be like really, really awful. I really did not have any hopes or expectations for this. I ended up enjoying myself. I was like, Oh, what's gonna happen next? I liked the explanation that they gave. I I liked her uh, the way that she compared Lyra to the tea leaves. I thought that was fun. I liked us getting to see more of Lyra's personality. What can I say? I was intrigued by this. And this was fine. And I like also there's one other thing that's very, very important. So Zylee, and Raw, has been taking people out with this brutal kick, right? I liked that on NXT. They actually showed Lyra studying tape and studying her her kick. Because let me tell you guys right now, I don't think this is going to happen, but let me tell you guys right now, if Lyra were to lose to Xia Li next week, you will guys will see me mad for the very first time. I don't get mad. I really, really don't. Super zen, super chill. I don't get mad. I will be angry as all hell if Lyra were to lose to Xia next week. I would be so freaking pissed. I don't want to think about it. It's not going to happen. But still, they kind of foreshadowed that Lyra is studying and she knows what to expect from Xia and therefore she's going to find a way to either avoid the kick or survive the kick we'll see what they do but I like that they foreshadowed that because you have to have an explanation an explanation if Xia can take out all these other people but then she can't if she hits Lyra with it she doesn't take her out uh to me it's a nice little explanation that Lyra actually studied this so I like this I was a fan of that Scott George says Rage Denise Rage I bet people here would love to see me angry. I don't get angry, guys. Even when I am angry, even in my real, real, how do I say this? Even in my real life when I'm not podcasting and something makes me mad, probably wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't even know it. Wouldn't know it. All right, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, my problem with Zia Lee is the fact that her character has changed so often, I don't even know what her character is anymore. Crickets are louder when she makes her entrance and that ain't good. So to me, it's actually not even the character change. I think to me, it's just the fact that we never really saw her on the main, like she went to the main roster, right? What have they done with her since, aside from the recent stuff with Becky Lynch, what have they done with zia lee on the show she was on smackdown remember that guys she was on smackdown what did they do with zia lee on smackdown nothing now she's on raw what had she had, what had they had her do on raw nothing until this point so until finally she's doing something with becky lynch that's my problem when they take someone off of tv they don't ever have them do anything and then all of a sudden we're just expected to care we're just expected to care That for me is a little bit of the issue. And the other issue where I thought, okay, fine, I get it. They didn't use it for this long, but they finally are. I was completely disinterested in the second that she challenged Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch gave her the match. And then she decided, well, I don't want it right now. Who does that? Why would they do that to Xia Like you're gonna build her up into a warrior and all of this stuff, but then you're gonna make her back down from a challenge she asked for? Make it make sense. But anyways. On the Zaylee Lyra Valkyra side of things, it's starting to cook up, and I like it. I prefer what they're doing with Lee and Lyra on NXT than what they are doing with Zaylee on Raw. And even though we're seeing more of this crossover now between main roster stars and NXT, it's still to me separate worlds in a way. So we'll see. I'm just tolerating the story a lot more on NXT. I like how they're doing the story with Lyra. It's fine. Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate it very very much. Uh, Draper Don says, Sheldon spit in facts. Will Chisholm says, I love what they did with Zia Lee, and that's how you respect someone's culture. Uh, thank you so much to Will Chisholm for sending in his thoughts on that. I uh, appreciate you sending in the super chat. Jesus, oh my gosh, just got a massive super chat from Max P 3 Max, you did not need to send this, but damn, thank you so much for sending in this very generous super chat. Uh, seriously, thank you so freaking much. Max P03 says, am I the only one that wants to see Saya win now? <laughs> Max, thank you for this generous super chat, but yes, you are the only one who wants to see Saya win now. Uh, realistically, and this was the first thing that I said the second that Lyra defeated Becky Lynch. They cannot BS her reign as NXT Women's Champion, okay? They cannot do that. Becky Lynch did not use her massive star power to go over to NXT, give this girl the best rub ever. That sounds really bad. But you get what I mean, like the biggest bestest rub ever. And then to have her, uh, you know, all of a sudden have like this really shitty rain. Like you cannot do that with Lyra Valkyria. Like, if you do that to Lyra Valkyria, that's like slapping the face of Becky Lynch for what she did to help put this girl over. So um, I really want them to make Lyra into like one of the best NXT women's champions. And, you know, there's been some really great ones in the past. I would love if Lyra's name is mentioned when you mention anybody else that you would consider a great NXT women's champion. So for that reason, thank you for the super chat, but definitely do not want to see Zyla win or anybody win over Lyra right now. Nobody, nobody. Max P 3 thank you so much for the super chat, sending you over some really good karma. Uh, Max P 3 thank you very much. And all right, I'm gonna keep it going here and seeing what the rest of people are saying. <laughs> oh man, all right. <laughs> Vance Rowling says, damn Denise, you have a way of wording things. <laughs> oh man, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know what I think I'd be good at? I honestly think I would have a really good career in advertising. I've been trying to think of this, like, what would I be doing if I wasn't on YouTube? Where else can I have some sort of respectable career, right? I think it would be advertising. We'll see. Anyways, let's press on and let's get into something else here. So I want to get into really quickly that everything on the show, everything else that we're going to get into is kind of just like sort of, I would consider just a little bit on the secondary side. So maybe like secondary items that we saw on NXT. And the other one was the metaphor, the Supernova Sessions. It's cool to have Alpha Academy there because Otis and Chad Gable are so freaking entertaining, man. Uh, Dude, guess what we saw today? Guess what we saw today? The dog in Otis officially came out the inner dog of Otis. I mean, we'd seen it with Mandy Rose, right? We've seen it but it's been a while since the dog in Otis has come out again. And during the supernova sessions. We first of all, I hate these talk shows by the way, like if you're not funny as hell like a Kevin Owens, I don't want to see your talk show. That's where I'm at on this one. I don't like the supernova sessions. I'm not digging it. You got to be like really freaking funny in my opinion. And I'm not feeling that right now with the Supernova Sessions. And this whole thing was made by Otis. And it was by Otis hitting on Lash Legend. He literally just hits on her and he starts doing this like really provocative dance. (laughs) And that was the best part. That was the best part. Otis being all freaky for Lash Legend was the best thing from this whole thing. And this all leads to a match that we're going to be seeing next week, which is going to be Chad Gable versus Noam Dar. And I'm pretty sure Noam Dar is going to win by some sort of shenanigans with the metaphor getting involved. That's what I'm expecting. But God, would I love it if Chad Gable won? I would really, really love it if he did. I need to see them. Make me care about the Heritage Cup because I do not care right now about the Heritage Cup. Make me give a damn. And I would give a damn if Chad Gable won and held it for a while. I, I feel like I kind of need a, a little bit of a break from uh, the metaphor and Noam Dar with the Heritage Cup. So uh, I, grant me just a little bit of a break here. Let's have some fun with Alpha Academy. Let's have some fun with Chad Gable and that Heritage Cup. That's what I want to see honestly but i gotta tell you everybody last night i literally had one of the very best sleeps of my life and here is why did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat it can lead to acne allergies and stuffy noses and it's just gross Miracle Maid offers a whole line of self cleaning, eco friendly bedding such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. Through their silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Maid is designed to keep you at the perfect temperature so you get better sleep every night. Miracle Sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with 3 free towels, you get two gifts in one just in time for the holidays. Go to trymiracle.com/denise to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. Save over 40% off and if you use the promo code denise at checkout, You'll get three free towels and save an extra 20% off. Again, that's TryMiracle.com slash Denise to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. The link is in the description box below. Alrighty, everyone. Once again, if you want to check that out, the link is in the description box below. Let's continue on with NXT. So we got the brawling brutes in actions against OTM pretty decent match. Love the brawling brutes want to hang out with them. Brawling brutes get the win. Nothing much else to add to that. Joe Gacy cuts a promo. And should we be worried? Like should we be worried about Joe Gacy right now? Because he cuts a promo on the rooftop of the performance center. We thought the parking lot was dangerous. Now we got to talk about that rooftop because Joe Gacy's about to make that the most dangerous place in NXT. So he's out there saying that he is wandering the halls of NXT and he's trying to find his purpose. He says that nobody really knows him and that he doesn't fit in. He starts going on about how he's not obsessed with the spotlight. And then he reveals that he's on top of this roof. And then he says, maybe this is where I let go. And then he kind of teases that he's going to throw himself off this building. But instead, he throws his phone or the camera or whatever it is that he's using. And bam, click, done. Where are we going with this? What are we making of this? Are we liking this? Are we not feeling this? Are you still got to wait and see? Uh, I am... (laughs) <laughs> the Prinzo Boxer says, I'm definitely not worried about Casey. I don't really know what to kind of make of this. Like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Like, I feel like I haven't formulated an opinion yet on this Joe Gacy stuff. Like, I want to see Joe Gacy succeed, by the way. Uh, I really, really do. And they've been trying to do, a, they've been trying with him for a while. And the schism had its moments where I could consider myself a fan of the schism. There was a couple moments that I'm not going to lie. I found myself entertained by the schism. But then we all kind of remember those really long-winded promos that, God, don't even know what they were doing. Don't even know where they were going. But it definitely got people talking, but not in a positive light about them. So now we're kind of seeing long-winded promos again. Not to the same extent, nowhere near to the ones that Joe Gacy was cutting earlier on. But now it just seems like he is, he is, the character is that he's trying to find a character. Does that make sense? Like, that's what it feels like to me. That's literally what it feels like to be him coming out here and saying he's lost. He's trying to find himself. That's the character. He's trying to find himself. That's it. I have been like, I I wish I had a better opinion on this, but I feel like I still need a little bit more here to decide whether or not I'm a fan of what they're doing here. We'll see. Steven Marchulli says, Casey stuff has brave vibes. The Gacy stuff has brave vibes. I don't know if I would say that I got brave vibes from that. I really don't think I could say that, but if some other people felt that way, let me know. Let me know in the comments. Zeno Hour says, Joe Gacy is just like me. I was thinking about this, you know, our, and your comment, I was almost going to say this on the show. And then I decided I wasn't. But then your comment made me think maybe I'm not far off. I did kind of think that in some weird way, that this promo might actually be relatable to people. Because when he said that no one really knows him, he doesn't fit in. I thought, how many movie plots haven't we seen where there's a you know, kid out there who is full of life and is great and amazing. But no one would ever know because he's a wallflower. I don't know. Is Joe Gacy a wallflower now? Who knows? I don't really know what to make of this. But I think if they make it a little bit on the lighter side, maybe it could be a little bit relatable, right? But if they go super dark and emo with it, which I'm pretty sure they're gonna go emo with it, like this is what I'm expecting, like dark. I think that's Joe Gacy like that's the version of him that we've got it is like dark and emo. But instead of being a cult leader, now he's just going to be like lost and trying to find his way. I don't know, guys. I need a little bit more for this one. I need, I need a little bit more on this one. Zeno Hours says, we don't know where this direction is going, but I'm very intrigued. All right, well, it's got a couple of people intrigued, so that's good. Dominic Carranza says, like I said earlier, with this Gacy tread, tread very lightly because let's just say that the networks would shoot this stuff down. Well, I mean, obviously, he's not going to go off there and, like, throw himself off the building. Like, that would have been terrible. Like, let me just say, when I was watching this, I thought, they're not going to do that, are they? They're not going to do this. They're not going to have him go throw out there and just throw himself off of a building. Like, this isn't going to happen, right? I'm pretty sure that's not what we're going to get. If someone throws him off the building, that's acceptable, right? We'll, We'll all be like, oh, damn, evil. Like, we've seen that in pro wrestling, right? But I don't know. We'll see. Sheldon Jackson says, Gacy is refinding what Eddie Kingston found in, when, found in him when Eddie called him the unwanted savage when they were involved. Uh, savage Gacy is coming back. I hope you're right, Sheldon. I would like to see that. I really hope you're right on this. And that would probably work the best for Jail Gacy because they need to erase our minds of all of the cult schism stuff that they've done. Because if not, then people are not going to give him a chance, right? Like people are not going to care. If that's what we keep getting, people are not going to want to give him a chance. But if they do something totally different and kind of cool, hey, it'll work. And we've seen them do this with a lot of people, right? People that have had really shitty characters. They find something that works for them. NXT's been doing a pretty good job of that. Finding things that fit and are a little bit more natural for whoever it is that, you know, they're trying to get over. I mean, come on. They got, they got me to care about Vaughn Wagner. guys. If you've been here for my past streams, did you ever think I would be on here saying I actually care about Von Wagner on the show? No. (laughs) Sheldon, thank you for the super chat. And speaking of Von Wagner and Robert Stone, we did get this whole video package of them recapping their friendship and not really anything to add there. They're going to have Thanksgiving together. That's all I've got to say about that. And Um, that's actually it for NXT everybody next week. We're going to be seeing Ziya Lee versus Lyra Valkyra and then Chad Gable versus Noam Dar. So that's what it's been announced for next week. But that's literally it. Fernando Ziya says I've always been a fan of Joe Gacy. I want to be a fan. Like I said, I was kind of a fan in the schism. I was kind of buying into it and liking what they were doing there. I didn't hate the schism. I know a lot of people did, but I didn't hate the schism. But now with the standalone Joe Gacy, I want to be interested. I don't want to just write the guy off. You know, I, I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy what he's doing on the show. So I really do hope that they find something for Joe Gacy, because he seems like he's pretty creative. He seems like he's different. And clearly, you can do stuff with that. I like creative, different people. I hopefully we see some of that, honestly. All righty, and that is kind of it. Before we go, we got a heel hammer here who sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to heel hammer, who says, Drew turned heel. So, Warhammer is no more. I'll be going as heel hammer going forward. Oh my God. Had you not told me that you were Warhammer, I would have literally thought you were just like another person, but like named heel (laughs) hammer. Because we have some people with like similar names on here on on the youtube show and all of this so there's people with a bunch of similar names so i i would have thought that warhammer and heel hammer were two totally different people so thank you for letting me know about your name change <laughs> i appreciate it and thank you so much for the super chat uh, patrick Skrullgren says heel turn we got heel turns happening in the chat ladies and gents Heel turns happening in the freaking chat. Alrighty, everyone. That is the NXT post show. Before I go, tomorrow, I will be back here with Righteous Reg. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite. It's going to be the final Dynamite before full gear. Then I will be back here on Thursday, and I'm going to be joined by Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso. And Justin and I will be going over our official Full Gear Picks and Predictions. So if you just really want to talk about Full Gear, that's the show that's going to be happening on Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then there is going to be no post show this Friday because I am going to be at Collision. And then immediately following Collision, I'm going to be going to the Mariah Carey concert. So there's going to be no post show this Friday. However, I will be back on Sunday. And on Sunday... Reg and I are going to be doing an in person show together, recapping full gear. That is right. Righteous Reg is going to be here in the home of Hollywood Salcedo, and we're going to be doing a show together in person, uh, our very first show together in person, uh, covering full gear. So that should be really fun, and that's going to be happening on Sunday at noon Pacific Standard Time. And then, of course, on Saturday, I will be on Busted Open, so I'll share my thoughts about SmackDown on that show. And so that's pretty much it. That's the week of shows up ahead. If you haven't already, guys, head on over to Apple Podcast. Podcast, drop a review still 15 reviews away from hitting 100 hope to get there soon check out the interview with trinity that i just posted up it is up right now and i should be having hopefully another interview coming this week with an aew talent ahead of full gear so fingers crossed we get that settled and um that should be something that will be coming to the channel soon andrew andrew Stadtoberger sends in a super chat saying you rule Hollywood Salcedo. thank you for the show, dude. Thank you so much for the super chat and for sending us off. I appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Happy birthday, Sheldon Jackson. And we'll catch you guys on tomorrow's AEW Dynamite post show. Goodbye, everybody.